0: Accused of stealing plastic chairs from the company, he was arrested, taken to jail on a on a boat, on a small boat, and then in the middle of the river, he was just thrown in the river and died there. and uh, And these are these are just young men in their early twenties who happen to live around the plantation, and they are subjected to this kind of brutality from the security guards or from the the Congolese security forces called by the company.
1: Welcome to another episode of Save Our Planet. I'm your host, Stephanie Septom, and in this episode, we will be exploring ongoing colonization and land grabbing in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I'm pleased to welcome Frederick Musso. He's the policy director at the Oakland Institute, where he coordinates the Institute's research and advocacy and activities on land investment, food security, and agriculture. He served as an editor for the Oakland Institute's report, and King Leopold steps, the investors bankrolling the PHC, oil palm plantations and the Democratic Republic of Congo. All right, Frederick, I'd like to ask you a few questions about the report that the Oakland Institute has produced about human rights violations that is credibly damning of many large development funders. Who is investing in these projects and, and why? Do they know about the human rights violations taking place on the ground and do they care?
0: Yeah, it's, um, our report is, is called In King, King Leopold's Steps, because a lot of people know about oh, how full it was under King Leopold, but don't realize that today this uh, colonization from 110 years ago is still there with a whole new generation of uh, owners or so-called investors. Uh, and um, and we find very surprising names. We find the, the Bill & Melinda Gates Foundation. We find several U.S. universities, including the University of Michigan. We find U.K. and South African pension, uh, pension funds. Uh, all kind of investors from this global capitalism that we have today looking for uh, for good returns on investments, uh, 110 years after King Leopold, with unfortunately uh, dire human rights conditions on the plantations, people being killed, uh, people being arrested and beaten, and, and all kind of variations happening. Uh, in the hands of security guards, private security of the of the company, uh, as well as the, Congolese security forces.
1: Absolutely. You mentioned some really important names that people would not generally associate with each other, King Leopold II and then the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, some very big names. Um, Can you explain a little bit about how what started with King Leopold II has continued on to this day so that there's still so much violence and abuse taking place in the Congo?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it's really puzzling, and uh, for the, the listeners who are not familiar with the story, I really invite everyone to to read and learn about the the, the history of King Leopold in uh, in Congo, in what is now called uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, because it's been millions of people dead, uh, slavery. Awful. I, the, the the list of uh, violations and and uh, and mass killings are endless, and it's it's been really it's been really terrible for the local population there. And there has been different projects to to colonize the country with construction of railways and and other things and in industries, but one. Uh, one science project of King Leopold was this uh, 600,000 hectares of uh, of plantations uh, for pine oil, old pine, uh, old palm oil, all palm, oil palm plantations that were that were seized from local communities in 1910, 1911, and and these are the same plantations we are talking uh, about today. Since Leopold, it was sold to Sir Lever, who became uh, the famous Unilever Corporation. And it was in the hands of Unilever until 2009. And in 2009, Unilever sold it to another company. And then last year, the the company sold it to another one again. So there have been uh, this juggling by different investors in recent years, but it's the same land with the same local communities on this land that has been passed hand to hand from this Western uh, wealthy investors since 1911, unfortunately.
1: Anyone who knows about the story of King Leopold II knows how brutal he was. And really there was no justification for it. It was just pure exploitation. If you look at the companies, like you mentioned University of Michigan, um, some nonprofits, what are their justifications for investing in these areas? What do they believe that they're accomplishing?
0: Well, we, we've contacted all of them and no one could give us any justification. The I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. We, we have a handful of U.S. universities who are preparing the citizens of tomorrow. And they all have their endowments invested around the world in not necessarily in what makes sense for, for the future or for or for um, sustainable development for the world and for the people, they're invested in what is going to bring them good returns so they can have income that they use to run their universities. And that's the same with Gates Foundation, same with others who are just seeking good returns for their investments. Pension schemes, pension funds are looking for good returns and increasingly they see Africa as a place where they can get some uh, some good numbers from their investment so all these investors are invested in a in a private equity fund which has investment in different sectors but one of the key investment of this company the the, the fund is called the Kuramo capital management and uh, it is the one that gets all this Endowments and and, uh, and schemes and foundations to to give them money and they will uh, put this money into this kind of plantation project and uh, and hopefully I mean that's the plan that's what they expect provide them with uh, with good returns in the years to come because oil palm plantations are very very profitable and and the profit is not just. I uh, mean, the profit goes for decades because uh, you you have these plantations the trees last for decades. So it's very very juicy investment, and this is why we have all uh, palm plantations in many countries around the world, and it is really expanding today in um, in in Africa because the the Asian uh, Asian forests have been decimated, and and now we see real expansion in um, in. Uh, Central and West Africa, where there's so much profit to be made by these uh, corporations.
1: That's very tragic. And and looking at these, these numbers, these statistics, it doesn't necessarily show exactly what the negative impact is for these communities who've been living through this transfer of power between different exploitative groups for over a century now. And in your report, you detail one particularly tragic case of a young man called Blaise Mokwe, who was beaten by security guards for picking fruit off of the land of, I believe an oil plantation. Um, could you tell me a bit more about what is actually taking place? What kind of, are these incidents frequent?
0: Yeah, uh, the, the testimonies we've received from local communities uh, are, are just, is. Blaze is just another one in a long list. And uh, actually the same month, another young man was killed, accused of stealing plastic chairs from the company. He was arrested, taken to jail on a, on a boat, on a small boat. And then in the middle of the river, he was just thrown in the river and died there. And, uh, and these are these are just young men in their early 20s. Who happen to live around the plantation, and uh, and they are subjected to uh, to yeah to this kind of brutality from the security guards or from the the Congolese security forces called by the company. And it's according to the testimonies we've received, it's a, it's a long list, and it is really uh, uh, a responsibility of the company and its management with uh, with uh, uh, individuals identified who belong to the company who have been involved, um, and unfortunately, uh, complete impunity for this uh, for, for the perpetrators of these violations. And instead of justice for any of these local community members, what we see is, in addition to these killings, we see people routinely being arrested and intimidated. And, uh, and as we speak, now in, uh, in July 21, uh, it's been five months since at the time of um, the, the killings in February, people were arrested and they are still in jail. Uh, so it's been several months of jail for, for local community members who have, who have done nothing. They've just been protesting and basically they are there in a plantation that has, was established on their land. Hundred ten years ago, and they try to they try to to survive with uh, their own land being occupied, and this um, and this paramilitary security forces around them is just uh, is just an incredibly bad, uh, shocking situation.
1: In in the report, there is talk of a number of different plantation companies, but one in particular called Feronia is discussed, and these are international companies. Is that correct?
0: Yes, yeah, so Fiona, I mean, it's. I really encourage uh, everyone to to read our report because it's uh, it's it's unbelievably complex and uh, with a number of factors. I say uh, I've seen that earlier. You know, the, some of the investors, with on one, so you realize that on one plantation company old palm plantation company in DRC, you have Gates, you have four or five US universities, you have very prominent pension funds, and you want to come all this, all these um, uh, forces are there on this, uh, on, on this single company in, uh, in, uh, in DRC. And, uh, and then you realize that's what we explained also in the report. There's more than that. You have also, so Feronia bought the, 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 the plantation from Unilever in 2009, and then they got bankrupt two years ago. So they, they, they were running the plantation. So Feronia is a Canadian company that went bankrupt, but before they went bankrupt, they managed to get funding from a number of European development banks. So public money being channeled through uh, uh, European agencies, including the British one, CDC, including the French, including the Belgian and the German, like very prominent development bank, who have put uh, over 150 million dollars into this plantation. And despite all the monies they've put, the, the company went bankrupt two years ago, and then it was uh, it was bought for a uh, for very ridiculous amount by uh, by the new owners, which is this private equity fund. So the whole story might be difficult to understand as I explain it here, but really encourage you to, to, to read our report because the whole story is, uh, is in quite incredible to, to, to read uh, with all these actors and all this juggling and all this money. and And you have... You, you contrast that with local communities in DRC who are being killed, who have no land, who are not starving but close to it because there's, there's no land for their livelihoods locally, and and then you have this all these investors and funds and the banks who are juggling with hundreds of millions of dollars for this old palm plantation and all this uh, explained to us being around development and about prosperity and development for Congo, it's, it is just, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe, but it's uh, it's just the incredible reality that we describe in our report. For
1: sure. We will attach a link to the report in our podcast description so anyone has a chance to read it and learn more. I am Canadian myself, and so it is an incredible interest to me and just very disappointing to hear that com- that companies from countries that have a very stellar international reputation are going to other countries and exploiting them. In these cases, countries like Canada, um, the European Union, do they have any laws at all to protect citizens of other countries from their own businesses or do no laws like that exist?
0: In the case of Ferronia in Canada, uh, given the company went bankrupt, and now it's not in the end of this company anymore, I guess it's not something we can explore anymore. But for the development banks, they're supposed to be accountable because they're using public money and they are all kinds of rules and regulations and procedures, including some sorts of complaint mechanisms that they're supposed to, to use in this kind of case. And so... Uh, w- Several uh, Congolese NGOs as well as European organisations have really uh, brought the case to these uh, to these banks and asked them to uh, to, to take action. So they, they've they've been um, uh, they've responded to to these demands and they've been uh, uh, they have initiated uh, some kind of mediation process between communities and the company, but it's been it looks like it's been stalled and it's it's been years and years and and recently I, I was listening to local community members and, and they were they were desperate. They were, they were saying like it's been under 10 years and now we are telling you, now you come and tell us there's gonna be mediation, they're gonna be a new uh, uh, um, socially, uh, so, um, social development plan for us, and you, you come with all these new promises. 110 years after this land was taken for from us, it, it's, it's really a joke. And um, and yes, yeah, so these banks are there, these funds are there. They're supposed to have this uh, uh, this uh, corporate responsibility and and own procedures, but. Uh, it's hard today for local communities to have any trust in these mechanisms because they, they haven't seen anything and they just, see, they just see the change of names of owners and companies They just hear about all these millions and, and they see no improvement whatsoever for themselves, their lives and their future.
1: In this case, then, what, would, what kind of structural change would need to occur for the people of Congo to truly be protected from these large corporations?
0: Structural change, uh, I guess, will start with ending structural racism, racism in the in the way the world works. With I uh, mean, you still have all these so-called development banks saying that they're putting money from Europe to do development in Africa. GRC is supposed to be independent, but you still have this imbalance and this attitude of Western powers and corporations and banks. Uh, pretending they're going to do development in Congo, and they don't do development. They, they extract resources, and they and they put uh, they put money in this kind of uh, in this kind of project that doesn't do anything for the for the local people. So structural change is, before anything else, is a change a change of mind in the way in the way the West deal with uh, Africa, and the way the the powerful deal with the less powerful. And, uh, and it's really about changing gear, we, we really called this report in King Leopold steps, because nothing has really changed since King Leopold's okay, maybe the numbers of numbers of people being killed uh, is not as much but the the overall attitude uh, of, of the Western colonizers coming to, uh, to a place like Congo hasn't changed. And this is really what we have to challenge today. And that's why we have to go and challenge US universities, foundations, all these institutions who pretend to do good, and who pretend to be civilized and developed, and uh, who pretend to educate the rest of the world on, on, the, way, on the way to do. Uh, we need to, to have them really realize that they're doing wrong. Africa is not going to be developed with all uh, palm plantations that belong to outside corporations where locals can at best get a, a farm worker job. The, this is, this, nobody's going to be developed with this kind of plantation. And we've seen that uh, enough around the world, corporations coming to, to set up industrial plantations don't do any, any development for the local people. And... Bring big damages to the environment, so, so the, it, it's it's quite easy. We look, we need to look at uh, at the, at Congolese as people who can do their own agriculture, and we can find ways to support the way they do their own agriculture. So, uh, find ways to, to, to support them, to support their, their trade and processing and, uh, and uh, storage and production. There's so much that can be done to support local agriculture because most of the people there are farmers, actually, who uh, we know how to farm and we know very well their environment and, and their crops and so on. Uh, what is wrong is when we come to say, okay, we're going to do development for you. We're going to take your land. We're going to take your water and, uh, and you'll see development will come. Uh, unfortunately it doesn't work for the people. Do you
1: have any specific suggestions about what say the average listener could do to support the people in Congo, perhaps challenging local universities, these big foundations in some way?
0: Yeah, we, we list uh, in our report a number of uh, investors, including these universities, and we've, we've written to all of them. We haven't heard any, uh, any reply from them. So clearly for listeners, if they have any link to one of these universities or one of these uh, funds which, are, which is involved there, uh, we'll uh, encourage everyone to, to contact them and raise the issue. I will encourage our listeners today to uh, to stay tuned, and they can register on the um, uh, Auckland Institute reporter newsletter to, to get updates on uh, on the situation there. Certainly, very soon there will be a petition to put pressure on these different investors and possible uh, and, and partners, possibly the banks that are involved as well. So by uh, registering to our to our newsletter, you can get an update and join the petition or whatever.
1: Thank you so much, Frederick, for speaking with us today. It's been a real pleasure. We will make sure to include all of these links in the podcast description so that people can learn more about the Oakland Institute's work, its report, and future action items. Um, I encourage you all to follow the Oakland Institute and as well People's Planet Project for more information on these topics. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you again in the next podcast.